Hey, how y'all doing? I'm back again with another episode of It Factor. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Robinson. And today we have someone special. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Carmen Grenard Burnham. I'm with CGB Enterprise. I'm also the mom manager of Jonathan Grenard, NFL player number 52 with the Houston Texans. Yes, man. Yes, man. So how are you doing today? Mentally, physically, emotionally? Today, I'm, I'm better. Each day is better for me. I've had a lot to take place in the last really three years. I had an accident at my job and it, it disabled me. Um, had four major surgeries. And then in the midst of that, I lost my husband um, last year to COVID. And um, I was very ill to COVID as well of um, December, 2020, up until like the first couple of weeks of January. And then my husband succumbed to it of February the 1st of 2021. So um, now um, through therapy, spiritual and professional therapy um, and the support of my children, I'm in a much better headspace and I have the will to live and to move on. And pretty much that's where I am today. Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And then tell yes. us about being a mommy manager. Like tell me the ins and outs and why it's important for, you know, a family to step in um, with you having the, the children that you have and just being a person that you are, uh, even just researching about you, you're an author, you're a caterer, you are a CPA, like all the things you did, financial work. It's just a long list of amazing things that you have been blessed to do. And I just want to capture it all if I can. Um, well, it all started for me. Um, I was raised in foster care. And mm-hmm. later on, throughout years later, like six years later, I was adopted into the same um, family, but there were some struggles. There was a lot of difficulties, um, some physical, um, mental abuse that took place. Mm-hmm. And throughout all of that, as a young age, I had graduated from high school at, at the age of 16 and being a young person with, you know, nobody to be there for me, the support that I needed. When I began to have children, I had my daughter at the age of 19 and later got married at a young age and so forth and went through a lot of different things. And then the other two came at 25 and jumped and I was about 30 when I had him. I've always wanted the best for my children. I never wanted them to experience any of the things that I had to go through. Even though it was a hardship, it was a teachable lesson. And I gained a lot of understanding through my faith of you know what took place. And now as an adult, there's just no way I will let them fall by the wayside. They were always a parent is always a parent until your head get cold, pretty much. Because the children are gonna always need you for something, no matter how big or small it is. And that's just the type of mom. And even with my my marriage, my husband was the same way with the boys, with the children. So um, I just didn't want them to have to experience some of the things that I had to experience because they are like precious jewels. They are a gift from God, and you should treat them as such and so that's what pushes me and motivates me to be there for them got you i like that i like that so in that i would say i know my mom was like that i lost her back in october and just knowing the things that i was reading about you uh when i was just doing some research i was telling my wife i was like well i mean my mom is it you know uh because my mom was a chef she always been there for me and like that phone call away it's just an amazing thing to have to deal with but just Knowing that you got your mom, that's an amazing thing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so tell me about, you know, with me being an author and uh, now knowing that you're an author, tell me about your memoir. You know, what went into you writing that and uh, the importance of that book? 
I started writing the book about three years ago. I was right. I was off and on with it because um, 2018, my son got hurt in a game and he was out for the whole season, had to have a major wrist surgery. And um, he had a plan to graduate early from the University of Louisville while he was recuperating from that injury. Mm-hmm. And so things like that, I'm flying back and forth to Louisville, being there supportive for him. Um, I had to put it aside and then... 2019, when he went into the transfer portal to go to the University of, of Florida as a transfer grad student, mm-hmm. um, we had a plan we had spoke about. And so I was there in supporting him. And then I had another son that had finished college that was doing the grad studies. And, you know, just being a, a, a mother and grandmother, I had to like pick it up, put it back down. And as I was writing the book, it would be, it would get emotional because some things that you go through as a child, sometimes some things are suppressed and you don't think about it until you're in that place of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what happened for me. And um, after I had got a, a long way through that process of writing it in the midst of that Jonathan went into the draft. So I'm in the uh, midst of me and my husband and I, we was interviewing agents and, um, I had to put that team together for him as far as the financial advisor, CPA, the attorney, it's a lot of things going to that until after my husband passed. Um, six months after he passed during my grieving process, I hope that I heard the Holy Spirit say, finish the book. And I, I kind of stopped for a minute and I was like, okay, finish the book. So I went, I gathered my pages and I called a dear friend of mine who had written a book also, um, NFL mom. And she said, Carmen, um, she gave me the lady that she worked with. And so I made that call to her. And when we spoke, we connected. One thing about when you're dealing with writing a book and getting an editor or a ghostwriter, you have to connect with that person. I had a ghostwriter I had sought out. We didn't connect and I had to stop in the process. And I was led to this young lady. Um, her name is Angela Smith. And so she has such a great spirit. Um, we just gelled together and she could help me really convey what I wanted to get out to the audience in my book. I didn't want it long too lengthy. I wanted to gather your attention throughout. And, and some of the people can relate to that book. So by getting someone like her, it just worked out even with my second um, book, which is a, it's like a, a journal, but it has um, inspirational things. Um, I have um, a lot of spiritual inspiration quotes that I have in there that can guide you also talk about how I overcome my life adversities and then in the back it has some pages where you can jot down some things some goals that you would like to do for yourself Mm -hmm. and so I kind of deviated after doing those two books and since I'm a caterer I was saying to myself what project do I want to do next and so my children said mama why not do a cookbook and I was like bingo there you go so I went ahead, I got some recipes. It's a Southern style recipe. It is finished there in the process of doing my cover page because um, I have a book signing that's going to be coming up in April along with a food tasting event. And I want it to be very huge. And also I'm going to have my previous books at the event, I mean, at the um, book launching as well. And the book is called Carmen Southern Flavor Southern Cuisine Cookbook. So it's done. So now I'm just 
yeah, in the process of getting everything printed, I'm doing photo shoots. Um, I've done one before at my home in my kitchen and I had to prepare a lot of meals and get the photographer here. It's a lot goes into to that. When, you're, when you're venturing out on something of that magnitude. So um, it's a passion that I have and the Holy Spirit, like I said, he, he said, finish the book. And I heard that voice. I listened and I'm glad I was obedient because so many blessings has come from that. So many people have read my book. They, if you go on the, um, Amazon.com and look at the reviews, everybody is, is something similar they've experienced out of that book. And it's like giving them courage, giving them hope. And with my speaking engagement, that really, I enjoy that the most because you're face to face with people and they can see you and they can look at me. A lot of people would never look at me and imagine my life journey. Right. I said, I don't look like what I've been through because God has kept me and preserved me. And I so I got saved at the age of 14. I've always been in the church. And that was a blessing for me because that guidance right there helped me kind of stay and not go astray. And so that's why I can honestly look, say I don't look like what I've gone through because I didn't go to the drugs. I didn't result to prostitution. I didn't result to things that people have. And not knocking those people, my heart goes out to them. I just, my my platform is to convey what God has spoken to me as far as sharing my testimony because I don't share everything you don't have to tell everything and so what I have have given it can help them and say okay if she can do it look at her I can do it and just repenting asking God to forgive you for the things you've done because we serve a forgiving God and you know when man is holding it against you God has forgiven it and thrown it into the sea of forgiveness and so this is where I am in speaking I love the speaking part and so my goal right now is to travel like I'm doing now. I'm doing a lot of traveling. Um, last year, my last stop was in Chicago and around October. And so I had to take a break because my body was getting a little tired. Um, I've had a total knee replacement. I've had a rotator cuff repair and my shin was damaged from a piece of metal going into my leg at my job. So it did, it handicapped me to a degree, but God is not handicapped. My mind is, is fine. So um, I'm still Pushing, pushing myself. I'm in rehab. I'm traveling. I'm ready for this year. And um, I'm just doing my thing. I'm proud of you. That's amazing. That's amazing <laughs> to hear about. So in that, what is your infector? Why you do what you do? Because now I have the opportunity. You know, I miss my husband dearly. My mm-hmm. children are grown. They're self-sufficient. They're doing their thing the way that I raised them and guided them. So it's my time now. That's my, it's my time to live. It's my time to shine. Uh-huh. It's just do me. And so uh, it's a new normal for me. Um, it took me a minute to get here to this place, mm-hmm. but I'm here now and, and I'm just enjoying life now. So my it factor is the fact that my children are grown and self-sufficient and now a mama can do me now. Um, but it's a great place. The, the platform that my son is in it also allows me to, to get my information out too. So I'm using every platform I can to do it. <laughs> no wrong with that. And I'm glad through that I was able to meet you because of course, when I'm looking at people, I'm looking at everybody, it's all professions. And I'm like, I, I was looking, I'm like, man, his mama do amazing things too, okay. And when you sit down, I was like, look at God. Okay, cool. I can interview both of them. This is good. You know, yes. so I'm just glad I'm able to do that and was able to do that. So in that, you know, with all the different things that you do, because I find myself in this too, uh, how do you balance it all? 
you have to have balance. I'm a very organized person. Um, if you ever came to my home, you can look and say, okay, she's organized. Um, I learned that early on. You have to put things in perspective. I, you know, I, I can't do everything. You have to put, you have time management. You have to be organized. And it's the time you have to rest. Because if you don't do that, you you will, you will be you will pass out. You, you, your body will shut you down. And so I've learned to pace myself. I've learned to tell people, no, it's okay to say no, that you can't do it. You won't be able to make it. And you can't, you can't do everything. And I've, the first year of me starting this journey, I've learned that through invites, um, you know, really check it out before you, you go, because, you know, you got to make sure you have your things in order. So everything will run smoothly for you. It's a business. It's yep. a business. It's not personal. Um, it's a business when you're telling people that you you can't, you just cannot over obligate yourself. So you do have to pace yourself as you go. Learn to say no. Um, pray about a lot of things when you're getting the advice because you just can't accept everything. You know, when you start, as they say, blowing up, everybody coming at you all kind of ways. And you just can't jump at everything. And I've learned that. So that's how I keep the balance. Um, with me just being firm and just no, uh, no, thank you. Maybe another time, you know. And they understand, yeah. Definitely, I know I have. I mean, I just wrote my second book, The Art of Networking, and when it comes out, that's the biggest thing I talked about. So a lot of people ask me, like, man, these people reach out to you, do this. I'm like, hey, if it's right, it'll work out when it's time. Or like, I learned how to adjust to people because just like I'm busy, people are busy too. You know, yes. when it's time, when the time is right, you'll get able, you'll be able to do things. But a lot of times I think that we rush into a lot of stuff and it burns us out. Yes. I asked God for discernment more since my husband passed um, <laughs> in learning how to read people, feel the situation out and just allow God to tell me when it's OK. Um, that has helped me a lot. In my spiritual growth as far as having more discernment dealing with people. I'm sorry. What would you say is one of your ultimate life goals? My life goal is to really, I want to be a huge public speaker. Okay. I, I keep seeing myself walking across the stage. I don't know. It's a red dress, a red gown, and I'm stepping up on the stage and the, it was a huge audience. And I'm, I'm used to singing before a crowd because I sing as well. So I mean, from singing in choirs and praise team and so forth. So I'm not stage fright. Uh -huh. And um, so, I, but I keep seeing myself walking up on this huge stage, speaking to millions of people because when I started writing that book, it was like the Lord was saying that this book is going to help millions of people. And so even from the time I started, I've watched how it has grown. I started speaking at like little small churches, small um platforms with about 20 or 15 people now it's growing it has grown and i'm like i'm, I'm watching it and it's going slowly which is i'm good about that it's going slow and not too fast and so i'm just watching how god is working and i was like well here's 2023 i just feel like something big is about to come out of it because not only do i do the podcast i do the radio podcast i just did one about mental um illness dealing you know from grief and 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 childhood and adult trauma and so just by me speaking talking about from foster care and then from the grief of losing my husband I'm reaching thousands of people and they're hearing that story and they're hearing how I'm overcoming that living through my grief because what people need to realize you never get over it you learn to live with it 
it will always be a part of you. That's a part of your life, something that took place. So that will never go away, but you learn to live with it. And with time, God will mend that heart to where you can think about it and it won't be as emotional as it would as if it first happened. And then you can move on with your life. Yes, indeed. You're right about that. You're right about that. Um, that. That leads into my next question. You know, um, with the passing of your husband, you know, and you doing all these things and um, the kids doing so well and you're doing well, um, how has that impacted you in a positive way? Like, hey, this is the step I make and like you're uplifting his name as well in a positive way. Being a wife, um, I was previously married to my children's father for 15 years and divorced. And then two years later, I married the love of my life, which is my husband just passed of 13 years. We was together 14. And I knew of him way back when I was 16 years old. And we lost track all those years and came back full circle. Um, I was a wife, a mother, and I wasn't even thinking about any of this during that time of my life. I was really a devoted mother and wife. I had to learn football when they father passed in 2014. Um, my ex-husband passed with congestive heart failure. And so I had to be there for my children because they were very devastated. They had never had a death. And that was one close, very close, their father. And then now my husband passed away. That was the most devastating thing I could have ever experienced. Um, it was a shock. It came so sudden due to COVID. Um, yes, my husband had underlying health issues and I did not. Um, and I don't look at it as, as that. I look at it as if God had another plan for my life. The reason why I survived because I was definitely ill. We both were. And my husband was in the hospital for 30 days. And during that time, um, the nurses, the first week he was in there, we spoke on video. Um, they was not letting anyone in the hospitals. And a week later, they called me back and he had two heart attacks and they had to crack his ribs, but they got a pulse back and he was still hanging on. About 45 minutes after that, the hospital called me back. And I, at first I was trying to say, maybe because they knew that I worked in healthcare for 25 years, um, but the director, they got permission for me to be there with him. And they allowed me to be in ICU with him every day until I had to let him go off the machines. And I said, that was the favor of God. Because he knew that he was getting ready to call my husband home. Um, I didn't. I had hoped that he was going to come through. But COVID, it just took so many different turns and twists with him at that last week of his um, him living. Um, I looked at my husband and I knew then he was tired of fighting. And um, it had, he had gone to the point he had gotten on dialysis. Um, I even know a friend that I met through that crisis. Husband was in the same situation, but he survived. Mm -hmm. So I tell people when you're born, God knows your expiration date. We don't know that. And so I have to look at whatever is God's will. It was his will to call him home. Very, very devastating for me to have to experience that. Even my son, Jonathan, when he flew home um, before we took him off, he said afterwards, he said, mama, how do you do this? Your childhood. And now this, I told myself, son, it's nobody but God keeping me through all of this. Because you see, I don't have a mother, a father, a sister, brother. I don't have that. And I just, it's just me and my children. Um, from my adoption, it was a lot of things that took place. And so I had to move on with my life. So just thinking all of that, and then now my the love of my life is just gone. I'm in a shock. I didn't even want to live. I was devastated. I I just had to try to just get myself together. My, it, my children, my oldest son, 
he had moved back home. He had graduated from college. He was going to do grad school in Alabama, but he came home to Georgia and he did it from here. And he moved into the house with me for a year. And if he hadn't have done that, I don't know what I would have done because Jonathan Houston, my daughter lives in Alabama with her husband and two children. And I was just lost for words. I, I just didn't have no direction. I had it's what is called widow's fog. And it lasted for about, I want to say nine months to a year, this gray cloud, no matter how bright it was outside, I just saw gray. And it, but I still had to function and handle the business. I had to get, I had to bury him, handle insurance, all of that stuff. I had to do that alone. And, um, but God kept me. He kept me as I was taking care of these things. Um, but I was, I was a mess, a total mess. And I had to dig deep, deep down in my soul to just put myself back together and say, look, you, you're going to be okay. And during that time, my husband came to me in a dream one night and he was telling me, keep going. I'm okay. And you're going to be okay. He said, you can do it. You can do it. He's kept saying that to me in my dream. And it, it was like, it was so real. And I woke up out of the dream as I was trying to hug him. He was gone, faded away. And I cried, I had a good, good old cry. And once I got through that cry, it's like I started getting on some strength. And my son, he was just, he would come in my room at three in the morning because I was only sleeping two hours a night. And they even had to put me on medication for six months because my chemical imbalance was off. Um, I wasn't eating or nothing. And, um, but after that time and things started to settle and God started to mend my heart, I started coming back around and I said, I, I want to live. Lord, forgive me for even saying I did, but he understood where I was when I said it. But um, I want to live and um, I have my children to live for because they've been through enough of the death. And so, um, and they had a great relationship with their father and stepfather. That's kind of a unique situation. Even mm -hmm. though we divorced, I asked him not to divorce the children and he did not. He was there, the games, the practice, he was there until he couldn't walk anymore and God called him home. But they had their stepdaddy in their corner and he was a ride or die with them. And so we just had a great relationship. It was balanced in that too. And um, they were cheered on and, and loved. And so here I am today through all of that. Um, God has just kept me. Definitely. And that's just an amazing journey just to see how you came out of it. I mean, it being a part of life, I was just talking to my best friend about it earlier. You know, it's, it's messed up part of life, but the fact that you pull out of it and grow from it, that's the amazing thing. So in that, before we do close, with you being the amazing mom that you are, how much is a blessing to have your children and see them in the place they are now? All of them, your daughter, your son, both your sons, how is that for you? It's a huge blessing because I tell parents today, um, my oldest son, he's an educator and a football, high school football coach. And my husband, when he retired from law enforcement, he went into the school system as an officer before he passed. Mm -hmm. So he got a chance to see a lot of things. And I tell parents, raise your, your children, teach your children, spend time with their children. They go to school to learn. The teachers are not there to be babysitters and to chastise your children. That's for us to do. And I was a disciplinarian. Um, I, they say spare the for the child. When it was time to get them spankers, yeah, I did. I spanked them because they needed it. But they saw I came from a place of love. And then I explained to them why I had to put baby head. And so um, later on through life, 
they understood consequences for their actions, accountability. And to see them now finishing college and um, going further, um, my oldest son, he'll be through with his um, grad studies this coming May. And Jonathan only have 15 credits from getting his MBA from the University of Florida. And he has his um, bachelor's already from the University of Louisville. And so uh, my daughter, she's done her thing and she's um, in management sales in um, Alabama. She's doing well, her husband, uh, sheriff, and they have two children, two beautiful grandchildren. Uh, Matt just got married this past July, him and his wife, no kids yet. So um, they're they're doing great things. And Jonathan with the NFL, um, that has always been his dream. And when children, when you, as you, as children grow, you, you talk to them, you ask them, what do you want to be? You start young with that. And you know, some things might sound too big to, to us at that time, but this is their, their dream. And so when Jonathan, he played football, basketball, and then a little soccer here and there, he's so well-rounded and he's an anointed singer. Him and my daughter, they, they have a, a beautiful voice and they sing like, like their mama. But anyway, um, he told me he had to make a choice during his junior, senior year of um, basketball or football. He said, Mom, I'm going to play football. And he's a student of the game. It's just like his mind when Todd Grantham, his defensive coordinator from Louisville, came to our home, um, wanted to recruit him. For me, somebody like Todd Grantham, my son, it's just they just work together so well. And I had a, a dream I said, when Jonathan had got injured and Ty Grantham left um, Louisville and went to Mississippi State and then he ended up in Florida, I said, if my son get one more year with him, put that fine tuning before he goes into the draft, that would be a blessing. And it happened just like that. Mm-hmm. And he got back with him at the University of Florida. So just seeing how, and I told them the reason why you all are getting these blessings because you was obedient to your parents. Yeah, they weren't perfect. But they were obedient and they followed the plan. And that's where I was there to, to guide them. And what they they steered left, I had to put them back on the straight, straight road, straight path. And so just watching that and seeing Jonathan now just on TV, and I'm used to it now, but people ask me that question, how is it having three children being successful, then your son on that bigger platform like that? I say it's a blessing. And I just thank God because I feel if I died today, they could still, they could go on because I've put as much as I can into them. And see, people don't know some of the things that my children are doing behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I'm setting them up for us. I'm setting jumping, especially up for success off the field when that career is over. And so I'm always networking. Um, I, he has a great team from his financial advisor, his CPA, um, his attorney, um, his insurance guy. I, I, God placed all those people in this team together. And Jonathan, he's the CEO. Now he, he's the head man. I'm just on the back end. I'm watching and, and overseeing to make sure some things that he might not understand that I can show him and say, okay, well, this is, this is what, how we do this uh, and this is how this goes. And the good thing about we listen, I, I had to adjust with them becoming adults. I had to, I'm still mummy. But you know how that mummy mode just want to be a little over there? I had to pull back because my children has my have my personality. And Jonathan is like, mama, okay, now um, I, I'm, I'm the boss. Bro, and, I'm a boss now. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, okay, you, you can't come that way. And then my oldest son, I had a situation with him. 
I was talking to him a certain way. He said, mama, I'm grown. You can't talk to me like that. I respect you. So I had no choice but to respect them as young adults now. So, you know, I had to even find my place in this whole process. And, but you have to be willing to accept the constructive criticism coming from a good place and not take it personal. And that's how it has worked for all of us. So I'm very proud of them seeing how they are just blossoming and just flying their wings. And so at some point, even with Jonathan, um, I know that I'm going to have to pull back even more because he got it. And, but I'll be there just in case if you something you don't understand, just call me. And if I don't know, believe me, I'll call and find out myself. So I'm very proud of them. That's amazing. That's amazing. So do you have any questions for me? Um, what started you on this journey with the podcast? Uh, I finished school. Like, well, I was in school at Clark Atlanta University. I was going through it and I'm an engineer uh, by trade. So uh, I was going to school and then I was like, uh, one day I was struggling in the class and I was like, man, I'm on YouTube looking. And I'm like, man, look, God, if you get me through this, I'm going to create something or do something to help inspire people and change the narrative. So I kept on going. I think I finished school, graduated, and got my job and things of that nature. And one day, one of my friends is an editor, and one of my other friends is a videographer. So we were sitting in the house, and he's like, man, when are you going to start a podcast or something? Because I'm always talking. I love to network with people. I meet so many people. It's crazy. My wife even be like, how do you just start a conversation? So I was sitting there, and uh, we recorded an episode. And from there, I just kept doing it. And I was like, I got so much content now to where I have to tell people, hey, months in advance, this episode going to come out, but I love to stay in touch with them. Every person that I interview, I definitely stay in touch with them. No matter the stature, I look at people the same. So I, I just be happy what I can do. And I love to see the Black people just doing so many amazing things. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's good. Because there's so many opportunities for you guys now. And you're right. I'm with you on that change in the narrative of our young Black people. Um, they're smart, they're wiser, they're different. And even with me being older, we can work together in several different ways, you know, but we just both have to be willing to listen to each other. You know, sometimes we could be debating something, but we all coming up with the same resolution at the end. But but especially with our Black men, we have a lot of educated Black men, brothers that's graduated from college, Mm -hmm. doing so many things, but you only, they only want to portray us in such a negative way. And so I'm tired of that. And I, that's why my sons, I told both of them, I, I wanted them to keep that clean cut image, you know, that professional image. And I, I told them, I said, see how far he's gotten you? Now, it's no not to the person that has the dress or whatever, because they are very intelligent as well. But nobody is there quick to look at a person's appearance and judge them much more than they would our clean cut brothers. But they are... All of them are smart, educated, intelligent, and uh, but a lot of the younger generation, they're they need more love mm-hmm. and guidance because a lot of them have been left by the wayside from their home situations. I've noticed that a lot. Me and my husband used to talk about that, um, but still, that does not make them a bad person. So um, even in the NFL, when I did a, a YouTube podcast with his attorney Jonathan and myself that was some of the things we was talking about let's change the narrative of what they see um or portray our young men to be and so um you're in that position to do that I'm in that position to do that and we just got to keep on working and praying and, and it's gonna 
eventually it's going to change because it's changing now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for the day. Thank you for reaching back out to me too when I reached out because I've definitely seen your son. I was like, man, I always look when it comes to an athlete, me being an athlete myself and my wife, like, man, I like how you approach everybody the same. I was like, man, it would be cool to interview him and his mom. So when you said I was like, it's a blessing. Thank you. Yeah. So, yes. I thank you too for inviting me. I saw the the message and I'm like you, that was the same when I was, when he was in the recruiting stages and different agents was calling. It didn't matter how big or small that agent agency was. Mm -hmm. I answered and I interviewed and I talked to everybody um, because, you know, you know, you just never know, you know, just by answering that call. And I'm glad I answered your call because who knows what's going to come out of this interview and I had somebody that's telling me the same thing when I did a radio podcast the other day. She was like, out of all those ladies, because I'm on a widow's page. She mm -hmm. said, nobody replied but you. But see, God knows where mm -hmm. to place us and when and who and all that. So I just asked him to use me. And as long as you keep him, keep God first, he will direct your path. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you yes. for that. I look forward to keep talking to you and uh, keep with you. And Please. keep being great. <laughs> I will. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.